0: Welcome to Not Just A Sports Report. Today, we are jumping in to the NRL Round 19 review. This is the NRL Power Hour, and I'm going to jump through all the games, thoughts on the games, and basically, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, the general concept, I give my thoughts on the games, a few stats, and the likes. I've had a busy weekend. Thursday, there were birthday festivities, not for mine, but for a friend and housemate, actually, so... Went out for that friday night um it's a bit of a blur to be honest saturday also kind of a blur and then sunday i did watch a bit of the footy saturday actually i think i went to an escape room as well that's right and then sunday it is sunday today i was kind of feeling like it's monday so yeah as i said busy weekend and this is the nrl power podcast At the end of the episode, if you haven't listened before, I'll get through my four main points. We have the X-Factor player of the round, which in round 18, that was Latrell Mitchell. We have the Rising Star nomination, which in round 18 was James Schiller. Tevita Totola earned the Tough Stuff Award last time out. And my cause for concern, the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Starting to show some concerning signs last weekend Although a big win this weekend, so I will get into that. That is a significant bounce back for the Dragons. And look, usually at the end of the podcast, I have a look at the ladder. But given everything that's happening around the NRL at the moment, I'm actually going to start today before I get into the games by having a look at the ladder. Penrith Panthers just so clear on top. It's not funny in first place. Then all on 26 points, second, third and fourth respectively, the North Queensland Cowboys, the Cronulla Sharks, and the Brisbane Broncos. Unbelievable. Two Queensland sides who last year and the years before had been really, really underwhelming. So all of a sudden, massive turnarounds. Same could be said for the Sharks and a massive slump for the Melbourne Storm who now drop out of the top four. They are in fifth position with the Rabbitohs and Eels both on equal points with them. So the slide may not be done there. Storm now two points out of the top four, and they are on equal points with the Rabbitohs who beat them this weekend, and the Parramatta Eels as well. Also, huge shakeup this weekend, Seagulls dropping out of the eight, and the Sydney Roosters, they get into the eight. There are now four teams on 20 points, seemingly vying for that one spot left in the eight, unless we see a really bad slide from the Storm. Still, still like six games to play after this. So look, all of a sudden, this competition turned on its head. That is our finals mix. We have the top four still massively at play. The main side's in contention. Cowboys, Sharks, Broncos, Melbourne Storm, Rabbitohs and the Eels. And then fighting for that 8th spot and potentially being able to push up a bit higher into the 8. Roosters, Seagulls who are in 9th, Raiders and Dragons. So now massive loss for the Seagulls on the weekend. They fall out of the eight, and now it's on Manly, the Raiders and the Dragons to all make a steady run. Very interesting. Warriors 12th, Knights 13th. Bulldogs and Titans. They are both right down the bottom of the ladder and as are the Tigers. So very very interesting times. The Cowboys as I'm recording this are actually yet to play. They're about to come on. So they may even just go outright second. Actually that definitely they're against the Tigers. I forgot. So yeah, Cowboys are probably going to go outright second. It'll be a massive day for them if they do. But now let's get into the action for round 19, starting with the Thursday night game. Alright, kicking us off for round 19, Broncos up against the Eels in Sydney, Eels with the home ground advantage. Unfortunately in my preview podcast for the weekend, I Wasn't able to have time to put that in, but I tipped the Eels and Broncos with yet another statement victory in this huge season that they are having. Broncos 36, Parramatta Eels 14, in Sydney on Thursday night, and the Broncos are now a top four side. Just a simply incredible turnaround. You've got Kurt Capewell who's come on deck. You've got Adam Reynolds. Guys like Tessie New playing out of their skin. Selwyn Cobbo has had a fantastic year. Payne Haas, Patrick Carrigan. All of a sudden, Broncos seem like they are well and truly back in a major way, and I couldn't be happier for them to be doing it with Kevin Walters at the helm. What a fantastic coach. It's just, it's, it's really exciting. I'm not a Broncos fan, but, you know, I know a lot of Broncos fans, and they are all very excited. Now, in terms of the notable highlights for this game, it was a really hot start for the home side with Mike Sivo scoring for the Eels. The Broncos hit back shortly after, though, Corey Oates scoring a try, and it's been a fantastic redemption arc for Corey Oates. He's had his down moments in the last couple of years in specifically, that was not English, but let's just roll on, shall we? Um... Corey Oates, yeah, the way he's come back this year really applied himself. He is now an Origin Series winner with Queensland. Having just an incredible season, Broncos top four, Corey Oates scores the first of two tries for the day. And then Brisbane, they start to take control. Payne Haas scores an excellent individual try. And then Jordan Rickey, who had a terrific game in his own right. Jordan Rickey goes over. Broncos starting to get away with the game. Then Will Penasini gets sin-binned and Kirk Capewell scores a try. That has been such an immense signing. Two-time Premiership winner at both the Panthers and the Sharks, a Queensland Origin representative and Origin Series two-time winner. Kirk Capewell is the real deal and he's really proving that at the Brisbane Broncos. His signing alongside Adam Reynolds have been such game-changing signings, so very exciting. For Broncos fans, we saw Winger Blake score a try before half time, but then after the break, the Broncos just ran away with it. Some, such an incredible team, just simply a dominant effort in such a major game. We've seen the Parramatta Eels; they've had their struggles with inconsistencies, and once again, that has come to the fore. Broncos, however, they're proving that they are up for all the big games, and now I'm just. I'm wrapped, I'm excited. I know it seems, and it's probably likely that Panthers are just gonna dominate through finals series. But hey, one of these sides are gonna make a grand final. Like imagine the hype if we see a Cowboys or a Broncos in the grand final. It's gonna be incredible. So I am absolutely pumped for finals. I'm optimistic. It's not over until that final whistle grand final day sounds. Still a lot of footy to be played. So I am still optimistic. It is an open race. With Panthers the clear front runners, they are like at $1.01 favourites to win. But if this is an eight-horse race, I genuinely think, you know, we could see a surprise. So Brisbane Broncos, very good times for them. And in terms of the notable stats, Reed Marnie with 43 tackles. He was very busy defensively for the Eels. Jordan Rickey for the Broncos, scoring a try. 31 tackles with only one missed, so he's clearly working on that area of his game and I thought it was one of the best games of the season for Jordan Ricky. The major game changer though for me, that is my most valuable player for the Brisbane Broncos, Payne Haas, ran for 225 metres, nine tackle breaks. He, he was just unstoppable. He was absolutely unstoppable. He challenged Parramatta through the middle and he won the battle. He won the battle against their... Origin representative, Middlefords. And I was just so highly impressed with Payne Haas. Adam Reynolds, he's the other most valuable player. One try, two try assists. He's the marquee man. Signing of the season alongside Chad Townsend over at the Cowboys. And I've loved it. Adam Reynolds coming over, taking on the challenge of bringing a powerhouse back to its former glory. And it has been a magnificent start. In terms of the stats that are maybe not so desirable, Regan Campbell-Gillard, as I mentioned, the Eels lost that battle through the middle. He couldn't contain Payne Haas. Five missed tackles for Regan Campbell-Gillard. And for Micah Sivo and Wanga Blake, six errors between them. So plenty of errors over on that left-hand side in attack. And Eels, they just couldn't string it together. Broncos, far more impressive on the night. Next up, the Brisbane Broncos host the Tigers. This is huge. Broncos ambush, top four season. I don't know what that was. Seems like it is well and truly on. So now, with only six weeks to go, it's crunch time. It is absolutely business time. Final third of the season. Broncos are lifting, and for the Tigers, it's a tough time. They are going to have to come up to Suncorp and take on the surging Broncos side. As for the Eels, they are taking on the Panthers. Let's not forget, Eels the only side to have beaten the Panthers this year. And if they do it twice, well then that could set the stage for potentially a very exciting grand final. We'll have to wait and see. Still plenty of footy to be played. But that is a very hype game. Eels and Penrith. That's big. That's really big. So much talk around Penrith. But Eels... They've done it this season. They know how to beat them. I will jump into that in my NRL weekly preview to come out Tuesday or Wednesday during the week, but that was the opening game. Round 19, we had the Broncos. Another statement victory over the very inconsistent Eels. now starting with our early Friday game where the St George Illawarra Dragons had a season-defining win over the Manly Sea Eagles. We saw Ben Hunt score a double and absolutely clutch performance from him. Really really impressed with what I saw from Ben Hunt as he led his side to a very impressive 20-6 victory and with that loss The Manly Seagulls fall out of the top eight. So very, very interesting times. It's the final series. It is fast approaching. So Dragons, that is a huge win. Ben Hunt leading from the front. We also saw Dylan Walker playing dummy half for the Manly Seagulls. That was a very interesting change because the Seagulls had some interruptions given uh, some COVID outs. Jake Draboyevich, Lachlan Croker. For the Dragons... It wasn't just Ben Hunt who led from the front, I know that rhymes. Blake Laurie, he also quite literally led from the front, 201 run metres. And I was really impressed with Blake Laurie. He stood up, up against that Manly Seagulls pack, and he got his side on the front foot, which ultimately helped them secure a victory that has kept their finals hopes alive. Huge performance from Blake Laurie. Now both of these sides are on equal points so a huge finish is required for both. We have four sides, the Raiders and Roosters, Dragons and Manly Seagulls, vying for what could potentially be only one spot in the eight. Very, very intriguing to see how this is all gonna play out, and for Anthony Griffin, he shored up at least a few more weeks of his future at the Dragons, showing that he still has the potential to lead this side to something special. Most valuable player for this game, no doubt, Ben Hunt. And next up for these sides, on Thursday, the Seagulls are going to be hosting the Roosters. That game has so much importance, it is not even funny. The biggest game to date for both of these sides, Roosters Manly, winner goes into the 8, and the Losers, well, they may miss finals altogether. As for the Dragons, they sit in 11th place, but they are still a chance of getting into that top eight. They are needing to beat the Cowboys next weekend. So 11th place Dragons hosting the second place Cowboys. Let's see if the Dragons can do it again, just like they did up against the Manly Seagulls. After that, we had the Friday night contest in Newcastle where the Roosters demolished the Newcastle Knights. 42 to 12 was the score. And we're starting to see the Roosters finally click after a pretty lackluster season up to this point. Now in the final third, they seem to be hitting their stride. As I mentioned just before, they've got that huge game against Manly next weekend. That made this one a must win for their finals hopes. A loss here and I think we could have ruled the Roosters out potentially. So really big win for the Roosters, 42 to 12 over the Knights. Newcastle completely outclassed, and for the Roosters, Trent Robinson and his Roosters, they now begin their finals tilt. They still have the players, even though they are missing a hell of a lot of class over the last year that have left the club. Jake Friend, Boyd Cordner, the Morris Twins, just to name a couple. But Roosters, they're finally starting to put the right pieces together. They are making their finals charge and yeah, it's, it's a good time to be a Roosters fan, not that I am. Looking at the statistics, Joseph Suwali, Daniel Tupo, both scored doubles. Very impressed with the Roosters wingers. They are aerial threats. They're just great finishers as well. Suwali, someone of the future for the Roosters to really look forward to and build around, and Daniel Tupo, he's one of the remaining players who've been around for a long time. They even lost Isaac Liu to the Titans this season. Now Daniel Tupo, one of Sydney's most experienced players. The MVP in this game though has to be James Tedesco. He is in the running still for the not-just-a-sports-report player of the season. I think he's been one of the best all year and in this game it was no different. Tedesco scoring a try, running for 317 metres, three line breaks, two try assists, and 10 tackle breaks. A really, really strong effort from James Tedesco as always, and when his side needed him, he stood up with a captain's knock. With that win, the Roosters claim eighth spot, the most significant result of their season so far. They now climb above the Seagulls, who were losers just a couple of hours prior, and with no Joey Manu, the return of Luke Carey. Ended up being a massive one. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they go at full strength, or at least as close to full strength as they possibly can be, heading toward the final series. Can the Roosters contend this year? I say yes. Even from the bottom part of the eight, if they start to really get going and keep their side healthy and fit, I still think they're a chance. They're a long way off the Panthers. But you never know. I'm still optimistic about the Roosters' chances. That's not to say they could miss the eight totally, given that they are one of four sides potentially hunting for only one, two maximum maybe, available spots. So, really interesting times going forward. Roosters and Manly next weekend, and for the Knights, they host the Bulldogs in a game that has no real bearing on the finals, so... Yeah, I think the one out of those two, definitely to look forward to, Roosters up against Manly. That was the Friday action though, so now let's jump in to the three Super Saturday games. On for Super Saturday now, and on Saturday, escaping was the theme, to be honest. Now, that's not just in a rugby league sense. Also, personally for myself, on Saturday, with a couple of mates, uh, four of us. We went to an escape room, we were challenged. The theme of Saturday was escaping. Now that was very much the same at GIO Stadium, where the Raiders almost nearly shit the bed up against the kings of bed shitting, my side, the Warriors. My two favorite sides, number one, the Warriors, who are in no finals contention, and then my second side, the Canberra Raiders, who still are in with a shot. Really interested in this game going into it, but first I had to plot my escape from this escape room. Thankfully we got out, even though we were late. Now I was running late and I was like, oh shit, this is such a classic me thing to do. They're gonna be there. They're probably gonna wait, be waiting to go in. Maybe they'll go in and I won't be able to. Turns out they were running late as well. So we actually were given less time and we made it out of the escape room so good to know that we can escape if there are puzzles involved if i get trapped and there are any puzzles if i'm on my own i could be fucked but anyway enough about my escape let's get on to the canberra raiders escape where they well and truly did just get out of this one a fight back defeating the warriors with a second half g up to be honest we saw the raiders win 26-14 but it was the New Zealand Warriors who took control early, going up 14-0, only 25 minutes into the contest. After the first 10 minutes, Warriors had already scored twice. Jack Murchie, a former Raider, crossing in the first couple of minutes, and then Dejan Arsi with a really, really nice run. He scored a try, and Arsi showed why he was promoted into that 5-8 jersey. Very impressed with what I've seen from him. I think the Cowboys will want him back next year. And after those two tries, we saw Sean Johnson kick a penalty goal. Warriors up 14-0. Now, as a Warriors fan, that didn't fill me with a great deal of confidence. But with Raiders being my second team, for the Raiders, that actually worried me a little bit. I thought, "Uh uh-oh, this this could turn pear-shaped for the Raiders. Luckily though, with Canberra's season on the line, 14 0 down at halftime, with their fans nervous. Thankfully for Raiders fans, their side kicked on in the second half. That all started with a Jack White and kick. Marcelo Montoya, m- 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 sorry, Marcelo Montoya. He made a mistake, which is a very unlike the Warriors thing to do. Warriors making mistakes. Oh wow, something new, hey, for the weekend, Marcelo Montoya. Um, yeah, he just cooked it, and that was a 40-20 from Jack Whiten, so a major game-changer early in that second half. And then my one-to-watch, who I mentioned in the weekly preview as my one-to-watch, Albert Hopawate crossing for his first NRL try. I've been waiting a while to see him in Raiders colours. I I'd actually wouldn't mind the Warriors having a crack at signing him, given that the Raiders have more depth in their backline. But Albert Hoppawati, he is absolutely one to watch. He got the Raiders into the game off the back of the Jack White in 40-20. And shortly after that, Sebastian Chris, he scores a try. Now it's 14-10. to Raiders back in the game. And for Seb Chris, what a remarkable story. He, he went out during the 2020 um, season. He actually just stopped playing, took a break and... He left the Raiders. They released him from his contract. He was a promising young star, played in their under-20s. He wasn't like a regular first-grader at all. He'd had a few appearances, but he was nowhere near being like a regular first-grader. He went away in 2020, stopped playing football altogether, and he became a postman, I'm pretty sure, for 2020. And yeah, it looked like his NRL career was gone. There didn't really seem to be a place for him anywhere. Not even the Raiders. And then in 2021, he got a train and trial deal. He started in the first round of round one. And this year, on the back of his 2021 campaign, which was quite strong, Sebastian Chris has just totally gone to another level. And he's one of the Raiders' best. Now he is in their best 17. And Sebastian Chris, I have been... So, so impressed with his improvement over the last couple of years. Then when the Raiders needed someone to turn the game with a clutch moment, Jack Whiten kicks his second 40-20. Unreal. This is why Jack Whiten is so highly rated. He is my favourite Canber- Canberra Raiders player and he's just, he's such an next level player. He was my MVP for this game. And on the back of that MVP performance, his second 40-20, we then saw Corey Harawera, naira cross for not one, but two tries to put the Warriors totally out of the game. That got the Raiders a crucial win to keep their season alive. A classic Warriors fade out, but for the Raiders, they are now right in the mix alongside the Roosters, the Seagulls, the Dragons, and potentially the Eels and Rabbitohs as well and Storm if they continue to slide so plenty going on but Raiders one of those three sides that currently sit outside the top eight so it's going to be a big ask but this was a crucial win in terms of the notable stats Corey Harawin and oh uh, oops Corey Harawin and Naira two tries for him he sealed the game for the Raiders for the Warriors Wade Egan he did miss a few tackles but he made 45 as well. He was a big target through the middle for the Raiders. Joseph Tarpanay, right in contention for this year's Not Just a Sports Report Tough Stuff Award for 2022. Another outstanding display from Tarpanay, running for 189 metres and breaking six tackles. Jamal Fogarty brought over this season as the Raiders' new halfback. He stood up big time for his best game yet, Two try assists and two line breaks for Jamal Fogarty. He really stepped up, and on the back of that, it allowed Jack Whiten to do the same. Matt Tomoko was another one that I was very impressed with. Six tackle breaks for Tomoko, and he is definitely in New Zealand calculations for that end of year Kiwis squad. I think he'll be there for the World Cup. He's way too good. Very good young player. I just think, as a Kiwis fan, I would really like to see him in that squad. That doesn't mean he has to be the first-choice centre, but I think it's time we give him some runs at representative level. Can the Raiders do it? Can they make the top eight? Or is it too big a mountain to climb? We've only got a few weeks, six in fact, until we know for sure. Raiders playing the Titans on the Gold Coast next round. That is must-win against, fair to say, probably the shittest team in the NRL this year. That doesn't mean that it's going to be easy at all. So the Raiders need to turn up for that one. But you'd have to say it gives them a great chance to keep their finals hopes alive. So exciting for the Raiders. For the Warriors, they host the Melbourne Storm. That perhaps is the game that I am most intrigued by this weekend, or next weekend, or this weekend. It's Monday, isn't it? Sorry about that. Uh, But as a Warriors fan... Like, I absolutely think Storm are going to win. That's in Auckland as well. And I've seen the Warriors and how mediocre we are this season. And the Storm, they seem like they're sliding big time. They are the only top eight side that have lost to the Manly Seagulls this year. And, yeah, that's going to be a big test. If the Storm lose to the miserly Warriors, then that's when alarm bells will truly start ringing for mine. So Warriors hosting Storm in Auckland next and Raiders travelling to the Gold Coast to play equally as shite as the Warriors, the Titans, on the Gold Coast. That was the first game opening Super Saturday though. Now let's get on to the second. It was the game of the round for round 19. We had the Penrith Panthers once again proving exactly why they are in a league of their own, beating the Sharks, who at times look like they could snatch victory from the reigning Premiers. Sharks vs Panthers, getting into that one up next. Okay, time to get onto the game. The unstoppable force that is the Penrith Panthers, getting it done 20-10 to 10 over a very valiant Cronulla Sharks side, who I am plenty sure they will have learned a lot from this loss. For Penrith, anticipation is building. Back-to-back titles look absolutely on the cards. And this seems like a potential dynasty that is about to play out at NRL levels. So very exciting for the Panthers. For the Sharks, they had a fantastic start to this game. Connor Tracy scoring an early try. Backed up by Matt Moyle and them going over for a try. Sharks leading 10-0 early. And the Penrith Panthers showing vulnerability. It seemed early in that game like maybe, just maybe, the Sharks were about to turn the competition on its head. But just before halftime, we saw Isaac Tago score to get the Panthers back into the game. And then there was a penalty in the last 10 seconds of the first half. Panthers can't speak English. I can't speak English. Panthers can. Actually, like a physical Panther... The animal cannot speak English to the best of my knowledge. Getting sidetracked anyway, so 10-8 to the Sharks at half time. But the Panthers, they showed their true colours in the second half, and it only took them 49 seconds into the second stanza for Dylan Edwards to score a try. That put the Panthers in front fourteen to ten. And then after that we saw a nasty Finucane and or Finukin rather, sorry and Stephen Crichton head clash. Stephen Crichton ended up very worse for wear after that one. Nasty injury to his air, a lot of uh, photos being posted of that. So Stephen Crichton, potentially we don't see him in action next round. It was a pretty nasty hit and it was 14-10 to Penrith. So the game well and truly still in the balance all the way to the final two minutes but then Jerome Luai stepping up as he has many times before, sealing the game with the match-winning try. After this result, it is so clear, we already know and have done for quite some time, that the Penrith Panthers are on a level of their own. They are at the pinnacle of this competition. Their egos are in check. They are set to win the minor premiership, like absolutely destined. And for the Sharks, they sit third, And now they are in a battle with the Broncos, the Cowboys, the Melbourne Storm, the Rabbitohs, and the Eels. Very interesting for the Sharks and where they end up finishing up. But a very strong showing up against the competition's heavyweights. Not to mention that the Sharks coming off back-to-back wins up against top four sides in the Storm at the time. And the Cowboys, very intriguing result. Panthers proving they are head and shoulders above the rest of the competition notable stats Blake Braley for the Sharks. He stood up big time 60 tackles with only one tackle missed For the Sharks Blake Braley, I thought arguably was their best He put his foot forward both in attack and defense, but unfortunately his side couldn't get the chocolates For the Panthers as he has been all year Dylan Edwards. He was my most valuable player in this game He's been outstanding ran for 247 meters eight tackle breaks and he scored a try. For the not so desirable stats, nine missed tackles for the former Panther in Matt Moylan, although he did score a try, and four errors for Jesse Ramian, definitely not his best game, coming off a scorching month of footy. As for the talking points, Penrith Panthers are the biggest competition favorites in years, potentially ever in my lifetime. And for the Sharks, well, they may meet Panthers again come finals time, so they need to reset and recalibrate quickly because they got to be game. They've showed that they can get in the game and that they can be within a whisker of beating the Panthers. Now's the time for them to hit their straps coming toward finals, and let's hope the Cronulla Sharks are an even better outfit next time if these sides meet during finals. Next up, the Panthers and the Eels. That is my game of the round for round 20. The only loss for the Panthers this year came at the hands of the Eels. That is gonna be a major talking point all week and I will jump into that in my round 20 preview. For the Sharks, they are hosting the Rabbitohs. Major top four implications there. Hugely important clash. Sharks cannot afford to drop a second consecutive loss up against the Rabbitohs who are on their best winning streak of the season. After an inconsistent year, Luttrell Mitchell proving to be a massive difference. Sharks-Rabbitos, Panthers-Eels, there are two phenomenal games for the next round. But let's stick with the action in round 19, and up next we've got our Saturday night game. Time to get to the Saturday night fixture. And It revolves around a side that I was literally just talking about in the South Sydney Rabbitohs The bunnies season is starting to really heat up and this proves with their win over the Melbourne storm on Saturday night Now I was out and about on Saturday night I escaped the room and that called for a few celebratory drinks a couple of friends going away to Europe as well So I actually didn't catch this game But a lot of talking points coming out of it. Melbourne Storm, four straight losses. All of a sudden, they are in a slump that, yeah, it, it needs to be addressed quickly. It's hard to see an answer unless they can get a couple of signings from other clubs. Really interesting. Four straight losses for the Storm. For the Rabbitohs, four straight wins. They are heating up at the right time. And they look like they could overtake the Melbourne Storm after this win. The spine for the Rabideaux is incredible. Obviously Cameron Murray is a lock forward, connecting everything in the middle. He is such an integral player. But on the back of that, the uh, Rabbitohs spine I thought really stood up. Lachlan Ilias, best game I've seen him play. He definitely looks much more settled for having someone like Luttrell Mitchell back. That takes a huge load off Lachlan Ilias' shoulders, and it allows the Rabbitohs spine in Cook, Luttrell Mitchell, Cody Walker and Lachlan Ilias to really take the game by the throat. Also, Alex Johnson, he is rapidly climbing the all-time tri-scorer list. Johnston, he's something else. I genuinely think he, we could be about to see this guy eventually go on to break the all-time tri-scorer record. So we have a legend in our midst, Alex Johnson, once again standing up in this game. And the Melbourne Storm, they never looked like winning. Can Bellamy turn this around? I do say yes, but Bellamy himself, giving a very blunt assessment, it sounds maybe like there are doubts. Maybe there are, for the first time, some cracks in the Melbourne Storm. I'll talk more about that in the preview podcast for their next game, which is against the Warriors. And I think when I'm finally prepared to say that, okay, maybe the Melbourne Storm have fallen off, even just for a season. I still think long term, they are good to go. Just a lot of injuries this year. But as far as this year, I'm giving it until the Warriors game to truly make a call on whether the Storm are cooked. As for the Rabbitohs though, complete opposite. They are now in the top four race. last season's runners up, and you just know they're gonna have that extra level of motivation to really get going toward the end of the season. As for the stats, Alex Johnson scoring two tries, six tackle breaks, this guy, as I said, a legend in our midst. For the Storm, Harry Grant was busy defensively, 59 tackles, but eight missed. So he was clearly a target, and that is an area of Harry's game where he kinda does need to improve a lot of missed tackles, although he is a constant target. Marion Seve, he was solid in attack, 206, uh, 206 meters. Five missed tackles though for Marion Seve. That right side defensively for the Storm, just yeah, leaving a lot to be desired. Latrell Mitchell was on fire yet again. Two try assists, six tackle breaks. If he had played the full season, potentially a Dell M season right there, once again, he steps up and is the most valuable player For the Rabbitohs, for the Storm, Nelson, Asofa, Solomona, three areas. Definitely not what you want from one of your big men who are a leader in the side. Now for the Bunnies, they are a dark horse. Their premiership push has well and truly begun. And whilst they have been inconsistent at patches, I still think... Last year, I actually went into the season all the way and I said, I don't think Rabbitohs can win the premiership. And I was like I stayed true to that and then they made it all the way to the grand final and I was like holy shit They were the only side where I was like, I don't think they can win it I think they're in contention, but I don't think they're gonna win it. Then they made the grand final and They lost but after that like I actually think Now although they are probably a better side this time last year I think that Rabbitohs they can win it this year. So that is very interesting And as for the Melbourne Storm, well, maybe they can't. They are falling apart at the most pivotal point of the season. Really contrasting results for both sides. And they're going to have to turn it around the Storm. Next up, travelling to Auckland to play the Warriors. And for the Rabbitohs, they are facing the Sharks. In a game where if they win, all of a sudden the Bunnies, they are heating up big time for a top four finish. Do not forget as well, I'll be going through all the games in round 20. I'll be releasing that either tomorrow or Wednesday. If it's Wednesday, it'll be really early in the morning Wednesday. Uh, and I'll be going through all of round 20. It's going to come out a bit earlier this week. And yeah, we're starting to hit our straps at Not Just the Sports Report. Round 20 preview coming out tomorrow. And socials, do not forget to follow us on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report if you've been enjoying the podcast. And of course, follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. You will be able to see as soon as the round 20 preview drops. There's two games left though. So without much fucking English butchering, which is about what I just did there, uh, as my English deteriorates, let's segue, not smoothly, unfortunately, into the Sunday action. these Sunday fixtures kicking it off with the rapidly improving Bulldogs trouncing a very sorry Gold Coast Titans 36 to 26 Bulldogs once again showing that there is a reason to be optimistic about their future and for the Gold Coast Titans Justin Holbrook looking increasingly unlikely to see out the season I thought he may get sacked immediately Following that loss to the Bulldogs, but it seems like they're sticking with them with him rather which I I like I honestly think that Justin Holbrook is the right guy to turn them around But that was a very insipid display. So I did think there was a chance Justin Holbrook would be gone after that and He's on he's on shaky ground. He is on shaky ground So for the Titans another shite performance that is their eighth consecutive loss And for the Bulldogs, they've really turned a corner in the second half of the season under Mick Potter. My MVPs had to be shared for this game. Josh Adokar and Matt Burton, both of them having absolute blinders. Titans just, once again, defensively, absolutely fell apart. Gold Coast are my biggest failures for this season. The Cowboys, they are the biggest exceeders of expectations of mine. I had them sitting second to last in my preseason prediction, and they are currently second. And my biggest failures, other than as well the Warriors, I had the Titans finishing in eighth, and they are sitting right at the foot of the ladder, coming last. That's awful. That is genuinely awful. They're right there in a battle with the Tigers for the wooden spoon. But I thought the Tigers would be there. I predicted Tigers to come last. I predicted Titans to come eighth. They are easily my biggest disappointments this year. Let's get on to some less disappointing news though, that is the stats for this game. Jeremy Marshall King, Dolphins Bound, he had a great game, 42 tackles and he scored a try as well. You had Josh Adokar, one of my MVPs, 3 tries for the Fox, how did he get left out of that blue side? 317 run meters, a try assist and 4 tackle breaks for the Fox. In my opinion, he has to be a lock for that Kangaroos World Cup side, especially if Brian Toto plays for Samoa, which he has said he is. Well, like, you have to put Josh Adokar in there. I think he should have been in the Blues lineup. Unlucky to miss out. He will not be missing out on that Kangaroos squad. That's my prediction, anyway. Then you have Matt Burton. Will he make the Kangaroos squad? Maybe. I think so but there's also a chance that he doesn't if there are a couple of 5 in front of him and centers like Valentine Holmes, Latrell Mitchell. But Burton, he was outstanding yet again for the dogs. Two tries, two line breaks, and a try assist. As for the talking points, Justin Holbrook. That's the main one. Will he see out the year? Will he even see out the month of July? We don't know. So curious to see how all that goes. For the Bulldogs, they seem like they've locked down their long-term coach. Rumours suggesting that Cameron Seraldo is a lock to take over. That is massive news. This could be what really turns them around. I have faith in what the Bulldogs are building. Cameron Seraldo, that that's huge news. Talk as well that Stephen Crichton could be following Seraldo from the Panthers over to the Bulldogs. I don't know if that's for next year or the year after, but what I do know is that if Stephen Crichton comes to the Bulldogs, holy shit, you add on to that already Matt Burton, Josh Adokar, someone like Tevita Pangai, you've got Kikau, Marnie, Ryan Sutton coming to the club next year, and some really young, good kids that they are unearthing. Guys like Declan Casey, Jacob Kiraz, Aaron Schopp, And Jarrell Skelton, signed from the Melbourne Rebels slash Australian Sevens Rugby Union. He's been playing in the centres in New South Wales Cup for the last few weeks. Very impressive displays as well. I think we'll eventually see Jarrell Skelton step up to play for the Bulldogs at NRL level. And you have Mick Potter, who has done a fantastic job. He said even if Soreldo does take over, he wants to be a part of the club. He's definitely earned it as well. I think after this, you just give Mick Potter a role somewhere. He's definitely proven he's worth his salt. Mick Potter, Cameron Sorraldo potentially could link up next year. I would be very excited by that. Up next, we've got the Bulldogs playing the Knights in Newcastle. And the Titans, they host the Raiders with a massive chance to spoil the party for the Raiders who want to make the eight. And with that being said, those... Those were all of the games, bar one, which I'm about to get into, but before that, from the last game, none of my Fantastic Four end of episode performance awards, none of those revolved around the last game, so I will jump into that in a moment, but first it is time to jump in to the Fantastic Four, the end of episode performance awards, one of them not such a fantastic award either, for round 19. We'll start with our X-Factor player of the round. That is Josh Adokar for mine. As I mentioned, three tries, 317 meters, a try assist, four tackle breaks, and I just thought he was outstanding. Tedesco was a close second this week, but I had to go Josh Adokar. I just thought he stepped up big time, I know against the Titans, but the Bulldogs, they needed that win to continue to give them some positivity And some momentum heading into the next couple of years as they look to transform from one of the bottom sides into one of the top sides in the competition. So X-Factor player, a leader for this young side, Josh Adokar. As for my Rising Star nomination, I was surprised that this was his first nomination. You only get one, but I was surprised he hasn't got it before. Joseph Suwali. Having a fantastic game for the Roosters up against the Knights, scored two tries, and now with Joseph Suwali being added, I've decided to tinker with the Not Just a Sports Report Rising Star vote concept at the end of the year. Instead of the initial top four, I am now going to make it a top five that you, the fans of the NRL, can vote on over on Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report at the end of the year for the Not just a Sports Report Awards. So you'll be able to vote not just on the player of the season, but a few other things as well. Rising star of the season being named one of them, Joseph Suwali. It is now a top five. You've got a few guys who are floating just outside the top five. Many of the guys who have been nominated, probably unlikely to break into this elite young top five. But there are some guys who could have a strong finish to the season, Azavia Xavier Savage and Ezra Mam, a Lachlan Ilyas, Teletau Amon. There are a few guys, even Tolu Kola. There are a few young guys who could still break in for that vote at the end of the year, and there are still six nominations to come as well. We could potentially see a player who was deemed worthy of breaking into that top five, but as it stands, pending any changes over the end to this season, but as it stands for the rising star, these are the five young players that you can vote from. Joseph Suwali, Selwyn Cobbo, Isaac Tago, Taylan May, and Jeremiah Nanai. Very strong top five. I feel like it will be hard for someone to break into, but we will wait and we will see. And then at the end of the year, over on our Instagram, you'll be able to vote. And then on the Not Just a Sports Report Awards podcast, You will find out who is the first ever njsr rising star now that that's a top five should be very interesting and you will also be able to vote at the end of the year on the tough stuff award tough stuff player of the year this week tough stuff goes to Payne haas who with the broncos is a premiership contender one of the great seasons this year we're seeing what could be a massive fairy tale comeback for the Brisbane Broncos. Payne Haas this weekend. He led from the front. Tough stuff nomination Payne Haas, and that that can be someone twice. Rising star you can't be nominated twice. Tough stuff you can. So Payne Haas he's right up there. He gets it for this round. Joseph Tarpanay in contention. James Fisher Harris, and Isaiah Papali'i as well as a few others, so that will also be a vote at the end of the year. Patrick Carrigan in contention, that one is still wide open, more so than the rising star, Payne Huss, moving up the ranks in the Tough Stuff Award this round. As for round 19's cause for concern, that is the Titans, no doubt. Their coach is in danger, eight straight losses, they're showing no heart, and yeah... The Titans, it's, it's looking dire. It's looking dire. Tino for Suomalawi, pretty much the only bright hope at the moment. There are some great young players, but it's just grim. It's so grim. And last weekend, it was the Dragons getting cause for concern. But, like, multiple weeks before that, it was the Gold Coast Titans. Dragons straight bounce back as well. They beat Manly. And so we go back to what we know. Cause for concern, Gold Coast Titans. And yeah, if that's an end of episode, I don't think I'll make that an award in the Not Just a Sports Report awards. But I think if it was, cause for concern, not just of round 19, but of the year, Gold Coast Titans, not good. Fucking sort it out, please. I want the Titans to be good. I think a lot of people do. Apparently, not them. So yeah, Titans suck. I don't think that is unfair to say. What doesn't suck though is the last game of round 19. So, let's finish strong. NRL power hour, round 19, last game. Tigers robbed in Townsville. Yep, you heard me correctly. Tigers absolutely robbed. Cowboys getting the win, 27-26. But full credit to the West Tigers. They should have won. And in my weekly preview, I made it a rapid prediction. I said, we all know Cowboys are going to win. So look, happy to swallow my words there and say, hey, Tigers actually stood up and they should have won that game. In my eyes, they were the winners of that game, even though they didn't get the crucial two competition points to get them off the foot of the ladder. Bunker fuckery. And I'm not going to dwell on it. There's no point. Plenty of people are going to talk about it. It was the wrong call in everyone's eyes. Thanks a lot Bunker, once again, technology goes too far. Tigers didn't deserve that. We're not gonna stew on it, but like absolutely Tigers winners in my eyes. But in the competition's eyes, the Cowboys, they found a way to win. Valentine Holmes slotting the penalty to get it done for them. Now North Queensland are outright second place. Whilst for the Tigers, they are battling the Titans for the wooden spoon. Not great. For the Tigers, though, they've got Api Korosau coming next year, hopefully Isaiah Papali'i. Hopefully, for their sake, he honours his contract. There's talk Nathan Brown from the Parramatta Eels. He's about to be on his way to the West Tigers. And Charlie Staines. They're targeting Charlie Staines as well, which would be very interesting. Maybe I'll jump into that in the weekly preview. Also, congratulations to James Tarmow. Game 300. He deserved the win there. Very unfortunate, but hey, the Townsville fans love him as well, given that he delivered the Cowboys their only Premiership ever. Congratulations, James Tarmo. 300 games. We saw the lock experiment for Jackson Hastings. It looked a little bit better this week, but I don't know. I, I really don't know about that. What I do know, my most valuable player for this game, that was Dane Laurie. 12 tackle breaks, 2 try assists, and 184 meters. Dane Laurie, he's their long term guy at the back. Interesting that they're looking at Charlie Staines, who is a first preference fullback, but Dane Laurie putting a stamp of authority on that position. He, provision, that's not a word, position. Dane Laurie, the most valuable player in this game. Some other stats Vel Holmes scored 15 points. Reese Robson, 50 tackles. Jeremiah Nanai was outstanding, two tries, and Nanai ran for 205 metres. For the Tigers, Brent Naden, very quality, two tries, three line breaks. And Luke Brooks really stood up with two try assists. In my opinion, I think the Newcastle Knights are going to make a big push to sign Luke Brooks next year. Speaking of Brooks, the Tigers' halves missed 10 tackles, so that wasn't great. And for the Cowboys, their halfback and captain, Chad Townsend, missed seven tackles. Not his best. Definitely not Kyle Felt's best either. Five errors. Five errors. Five. That's far too many in the modern game. And yeah, that was a big reason as to why the Tigers pretty much won that game. Except for a very dubious penalty at the end. Next up, Tigers play the Broncos in Brisbane. Equally as tough a game as Cowboys in Townsville. And for the Cowboys, they're going to be travelling on the road to take on the Dragons. Two big games there. Interested to see how they go. But that is it for Round 19, NRL Power Hour podcast. I do hope you've enjoyed. Look forward to the preview podcast coming out either tomorrow or early on Wednesday. I will be going through every game in Round 20. And do not forget, if you enjoyed the podcast, follow us over on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. And also follow us on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. You'll be able to see as soon as the NRL preview drops, as well as my UFC 277 preview. If you enjoy the UFC, I've got plenty of UFC coming out and a lot of extra stuff on the page for Instagram. Hence why I dropped the Instagram tag. And of course... I've got a movie review in the works. I've gone and seen Thor with my housemate. We're currently working on that. So there's going to be a movie review in the works as well. Some video content to enjoy. Plenty of other things in the works as well. Exciting times. Now's the time to start pumping out some of these new projects I've been working on. And I'm glad you're here for the journey. So thank you very much for listening. And until the NRL preview, take care of yourselves.